Which of the Mariners' young pitchers are most likely to be traded this winter? And what are the three most important positions the Mariners have to address? We'll answer that and more here on this part two of our weekly mailbag coming up. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. This is Tiny as and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. So we got a whopping 88 replies to our tweet asking for questions for yesterday's mailbag episode, and we only got to eight of them yesterday. So we're going to answer more today. We're going to start here with Dave, who wants to know the M's likely won't spend as much as they should. So who out of Logan Gilbert, Brian Wu, and Bryce Miller is most likely to be moved? What are some realistic returns? Colby, start with you. most likely to be moved uh i'd say woo probably um sure yeah. uh but he's also probably going to get you the least uh mm-hmm. back at this stage so uh, i don't see gilbert being moved uh kirby's not getting moved i'd be shocked if either of them got traded um uh but yeah i, I would say probably woo's the most likely uh, followed by Miller, and then I would say Gilbert, and then Kirby's not going anywhere. I'd be shocked if they traded George Kirby. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd split the middle. I'd, I'd go Bryce Miller, because I think that's the way that you maximize the value out of your starting pitching. I don't necessarily want to call it an excess, but we'll say depth uh, to to go get you a, a, a bat, uh, where you also don't feel like you've severely hurt your rotation and you can definitely recover with uh how solid the pitching market is in free agency um i just you're not trading gilbert i i just can't imagine it like if you're trading gilbert it's for me it would only be for someone like randy or rosarena and i just don't think that's going to happen uh like we talked about around the the trade deadline um yeah so i i think it's definitely miller woo i i a decent amount of money on on Miller or Wu, one of those guys getting traded this offseason. Um, I don't feel amazing about it, but I, I feel like it, it. I feel like that's one of their most likely paths to getting significantly better this offseason, especially with how poor the hitting market is. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know what could you get for Wu? You could Wu can be the centerpiece of a package to get like. Uh, really like a great rental or you know one or two years of or a couple years of like a all-star or better like and i don't mean like he made an all-star team it's teoscar hernandez i mean like a legitimate four-win player um a couple years of that uh not a lot of guys out there like that but like could brian Wu be used to get i don't know if he's got the years uh of club control left but could he be used to get you know cedric mullins yeah i think he probably could be part of that package so Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, that's what you're looking for. Otherwise you're not trading that. You're not trading these guys for Teoscar Hernandez. You're not trading these guys for, you know, even like Matt Brash because they're just Matt Brash. So you're, you're trading these guys, you're trading them for everyday bats. 
uh, who, you know, you're talking 125 WRC plus floors. Like that's the type of guy yeah. you're talking about here. Um, and if you're trading Wu or Miller, if you're not getting a like legit 140 WRC plus type of guy uh, for a year or two, then you're getting four or five years of a 120 WRC plus guy. You're better than Lars Newbar. We've been over this. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that hasn't you know, changed, even with how good Newbar was in the second half. Like no. that hasn't changed. Nope. And also, I, like, I wouldn't trade Wu for like Pete Alonso, for example. Like, that's yeah. not a rental I'm interested in. Wu for Juan Soto, we can talk, but Pete right. Alonso, no. So, yeah, I, I, I think Wu or Miller could definitely be a uh, headliner in a in a Soto deal, uh, especially at this point because co-headliner, co co-headliner, whatever. Um, because I mean, Miller and Wu, I mean, they're in a very unique position where they're two young major league starters with a lot of uh, club control that are already established that have already pitched on the on the high end at times that have already flashed you know middle of the rotation stuff um mm-hmm. that's going to intrigue a, a lot of teams and especially a team like the padres who's seemingly looking to uh, limit payroll or um, dump some payroll but also stay competitive or keep their competitive window fairly open which i mean when you're trading juan soto that seems like that's kind of conflicting there but yeah it seems like that might be one of the levers that they end up pulling on that front but uh i, I do think that Wu or, or miller makes sense for for them and uh i think Wu and miller make sense for a lot of teams out there that might be uh looking to offload a bat or might be willing to offload a bat rather next question here comes from elver is robbie ray going to be ready for the start of next season I'm going to ignore the fact that you have a brock purdy avatar and, uh, and second best team in the NFC. So, I mean, you got to give them that. Right. The best team, of course, played last night and uh, left with a win. But uh, no, <laughs> not even no. close. No, no, no. Uh, I, I think at the earliest, Ray, and this is, you know, everything goes well, July. The only uh, acceptable game plan for Ray for both fans and the Mariners when they game plan the season is to assume you are getting a grand total of zero pitches thrown by Robbie Ray next year. Yeah, yeah everything that you get from Ray is, is, should be viewed as a bonus. Yep. So you should plan accordingly. So if you are going to trade a, a Brian Wu or a Bryce Miller, you need to go out and get yourself a starter in free agency or by trade. But Free agency, there are there are a lot of solid back of the rotation or even middle of the rotation arms out there. So uh, yeah. I think that's uh, definitely an area that they should explore. All right, next question here from Mark. Uh, we're sticking with Robbie Ray here. How many wins did the Ray and Marco injuries cost us? Not to let the front office or ownership off the hook, but I feel it was probably two to three wins. Uh, I think you're, yeah. I think you're pretty much on the money there. I mean, think think about it like this, right? Don't even we're not even talking about Brian Wu or Bryce Miller here. Like, what if Robbie Ray started the Emerson Hancock games, right? Like, I mean, not only that, like you have to ever short script Robbie Ray, no, or, East, or the Easton McGee game, right. or you know well, Tommy Malone games, whatever. Right, but forget about that. Robbie Ray yeah. and Marco were going to give you close to 200 innings if they stayed healthy. Yeah. Think of how much less you have to use Matt Brash. He doesn't have to make 80 appearances in a year because guess what? Ray and Mark are getting through six that day or, or Topa or Spire or whatever. Like your bullpen doesn't get used as much with those two guys because you did have to short script Miller sometimes and you definitely had to short script Wu. And, you, and like you said, you had to replace, uh, you know, a couple starts with, with you know, 
um, Emerson Hancock and, and Easton McGee and Tommy Malone and, and, you know, Chris Flexen. So, uh, right. yeah, it's, I would say it's at least one to two, but two to three seems reasonable. And, and I know somebody will pull up the war and be like, well, actually the wars were roughly what they were last year. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't really work that way though, because think about it this way. When does Wu make his debut? If both of those guys are, are healthy. Yeah. Also, the, July, the, the, the Emerson Hancock thing that I said was stupid because they actually went 3-0 and in the games that Hancock started. Obviously, he didn't really help them, at least in two of those starts. You know, the one that he got hurt. Very in, but... Kyle Gibson-y. Yep. Right, right, right. Had mm-hmm. to make that point. I know you I know you just had to. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, but still, I, I think you, you get what I'm saying here, though. Like, they had to rotate a lot of guys through the back end of the rotation. What if Robbie Ray makes those starts? I, I think it's safe to assume that you probably get a couple of additional wins there because of that, at least. Right. Healthy Robbie Ray is still better than Bryce Miller or Brian Wu. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we got a few more questions to answer here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. But first, a reminder, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. There is nothing in this world that's more comfortable than a pair of shorts from Bird Dogs. Coming in a variety of colors with breathable, stretchy fabric and built-in underwear, Bird Dog shorts are perfect for going to the movies, hiking your favorite trail, just chilling on the couch watching football. In fact, they're perfect for recording a podcast then. Trust me, I would know. And not only do they have a wide selection of shorts, but they also have joggers, sweatpants, polos, and more. It's time to look good, feel good, and play good. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter the promo code locked on MLB for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And you're listening to the locked on Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. So as we're recording this, Jerry DePoto, Justin Hollander and Scott service are having their end of season press conference. We're going to be talking about that on tomorrow's show, giving you our thoughts on what they had to say question i assume john stanton is there also he is not he is john stanton is being a coward and hiding away from unfriendly media as as per usual he is having jerry depoto and service and justin hollander take the arrows for him yes yes. the guy who writes the checks yeah 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 he's not he's not taking questions that he can't control yep what you're a coward john yep agreed uh so yeah we'll give you our thoughts on the on the comments uh from depoto hollander and service on tomorrow's show mostly depoto and hollander um and yeah so far what we've seen not great but again these guys are mostly taking the arrows for john stanton so we'll we'll talk about all that on tomorrow's show all right back to these questions jace wants to know will any of the options from this year so rojas ryan bliss dylan moore jose caballero finally step up to fill the black hole at second base or does the front office need to look outside the organization to fill it until cole young is ready all right so i'm gonna cross a couple of names off the board right now immediately jose caballero no dylan moore no Ryan Bliss, like him as a prospect, I think he can help eventually down the road, but he should not be guaranteed anything, so no. Shouldn't be handed that job. Josh Rojas, I prefer him in a utility role. I prefer him to take on the role that Dylan Moore has for the last couple of years and to be part of the solution over at third base. If Gino is still part of this thing in 2024, help take some of the load off of Gino, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so with that, yes, they need to look outside of the organization. Uh, to address second base, in my opinion. Colby? Yeah. Um, 
there's not really an acceptable answer at second base inside the org. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about this on our Patreon show yesterday a little bit. Um, I like Josh Rojas uh, quite a bit, and I think he can play a, a big role uh, in what the Mariners can do next year because he can play second, because he can play third. Uh, I just don't want him to to have one position that he plays every single day. I want him to move around. I want to take advantage of his versatility. I want to make sure that Gino, whether he wants to or not, doesn't play 162 games next year. Um, you know, I, I so I don't want Rojas to be the starting second baseman. I want Rojas to get 400 at bats. Yeah, but I want it to be a combination of third, second. You know, some first maybe. Rojas will essentially be a an everyday player, but he's going to play multiple right. positions while doing it. Yeah. Marwin Gonzalez. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that that's what I would like Rojas to be. So in you know, like Ty said, I think to accomplish that, you have to go outside the org. Um. Yeah. It doesn't mean Rojas can't get you know, yeah. seventy games at second base, but it just means that Dylan Moore shouldn't you know Dylan Moore and Ryan Bliss shouldn't make up the other ninety. Right. You should go get somebody and it's not a great class. You probably have to get a little creative with that. But, uh, you know, there are some options out there. There are some trade uh, pieces out there that could make some sense. So, yeah, I think you have to go outside the org to fix that because you just can't roll back the same infield because clearly that's not good enough. One name that I would mention to just keep an eye on, and this is far from the only option, uh, but it's someone that I I feel we're probably going to talk about a little bit this offseason, Whit Merrifield. Uh, He has a mutual option. It's 18 million dollars. I don't think that the Blue Jays are going to pick that up. So I, I feel pretty confident that he's going to hit the open market this winter. And uh, you know, we know that Jerry Depoto uh, has targeted him targeted him in the past. And we know that Jerry Depoto loves to circle back on the guys that he has tried to acquire in the past. So we'd keep an eye on on Whit Merrifield there for second base. Also, he's another guy that can play, you know, mm-hmm. corner outfield as well. Um, and he's someone that can wreak havoc on the on the base pass. He can lead off for you, mm-hmm. uh, which I mean, guy. that's not going to happen with JP and Julio. But yeah, you know, he he can do a lot of different things and fill a lot of different roles for you. So uh, that would that would make sense. All right, next question here from Andy: With so many teams having young offensive weapons and non-competitive bullpens, plus the O's losing Felix Bautista. Do you think we'll see a lot of trades from the bullpen this offseason for controllable bats? Is there anyone you'd want to target uh, in general, like across the league or or with the Mariners? With the Mariners, no. Like, your bullpen needs to get better. You shouldn't subtract further from your bullpen. I mean, like, there's a deal out there for a hitter you like where, you know, a team just absolutely loves Justin Topa or Gabe Spire or Taylor Saucedo, whatever. Okay, fine. But like you're not trading Matt Brash, you're not trading Andres Munoz unless you're getting just insane value for those guys, right? If you're getting an everyday like four plus win player for Matt Brash or whatever, okay, sure, yeah, we can talk about that. But like that's not that's not going to happen. Uh, so yeah, the Mariners need to get better in the bullpen. They shouldn't subtract further from it unless you know a, a, just an amazing once in a lifetime opportunity presents itself to them. No, and typically bullpen trades are like when guys from the bullpen get traded, their secondary uh, pieces to yeah. the deal. Um, like maybe you trade Brian Wu for the bad. And then in order to kind of push the deal across the finish line, you add Justin Topa or, or, you know, Isaiah Campbell or whoever it is. It doesn't really matter. Um, and no, I, I don't see them trading Munoz or Brash. They should be open to it. Um, if, for example, Brash gets you, Randy or Rosarena, fine. Like right. you, you talk about that, but if like, you're trading brash for 
Anthony Santander, one year of him. Like, no, that doesn't make sense. Like yeah, that, no. that's, that's no. no. So yeah. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of trades from the bullpen. Jerry always tweaks the bullpen like that. Yeah, yeah. The Mariner, every team does. And, and he'll add some guys probably off the scrap heap and they'll probably be pretty good. Maybe this is the year they go out and they spend a little bit. I mean, I don't think they're going to go get like Josh Hader or anything like that, but you know, maybe they, maybe they go trade a prospect for, you know, somebody else's map rash or something like that. But uh, right. no, in general, I don't think you're going to see like, like the groundbreaking, like Andres Munoz has been traded for, you know, pick a guy. I, I don't know. Uh, Sal Frey, like, like I, whatever it is. I, you know, I don't think you're going to see anything like that. Yeah, yeah. You might see Topa for a prospect or you might see like more and, and Saucedo for X, but I, I don't think you're going to see any kind of like, I don't think you're going to see a deal where the bullpen piece carries it. Uh, and, and you're tacking on. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe it's like Spire for Santiago Espinal or something like that. Okay, sure. fine. Yeah. You know, but um yeah, I don't I don't foresee you know Brash mo- going anywhere. I don't no. see Munoz going anywhere and I, I and like if they were to trade one of Spire, Topa, Saucedo, etc., it's only going to be one of those guys. I don't think they're going to trade multiple of those guys unless they have a bigger grander plan in, in the bullpen but right. i think it's but, mostly i think this offseason mostly in terms of the bullpen is just going to be about bolstering what's already there right um you know especially if woo is you know penciled into the rotation plans and all that because that could be a bullpen option for you yeah uh but yeah i mean like is it possible we see another eric swanson and, and adam Mako for a teoscar hernandez type of deal sure but i think sure. that's the extent of it yeah, but I also uh, I don't know if you even have a Eric Swanson this year. I guess Topa's the closest thing. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty close, but yeah. But yeah, but remember it it's like Topa and right, right, right. Locklear right. or whatever. Right. Yeah, I got what you're saying. All right, we got a couple more questions to answer here on uh, Mailbag Tuesday. Uh, but first, a reminder: this episode of the Lockdown Mariners podcast is brought to you by Fanduel. Celebrate the start of the NFL season with great offers from Fanduel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be in on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again as we answer some leftover mailbag questions. And again, tomorrow's episode, we'll uh, we'll cover what was said during the end-of-season press conference with Jerry DePoto, Justin Hollander, and Scott Service. But for now, I'm going to answer a couple of more questions and get the hell up out of here. All right. Mooseman wants to know, what are the top three positions that need to be upgraded on this team? We'll get the Mariners back in the playoffs in 2024. So I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I'm going to say corner outfield, but only I really only need one answer there. Like you have to at least get one answer there. You have to add one player to fill either right field or left field. And then Calna could play right field or left field, whatever. Second base. We already talked about that. We already talked about the reasons for it, all that. 
I would throw a corner infield here as as well, but I'm I'm sure you're going to mention mention it. So I'm going to mention high leverage reliever. I think it's very very crucial that you get another high leverage reliever in here to pair with Brash and Munoz to basically fill the Paul Seawald uh, Seawald role, or you know fill Matt Brash's role when Paul Seawald was here, or fill Andres Munoz's role when Paul Seawald was here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You just need another high leverage guy. Go get that guy this offseason. I don't care who it is. Just go get that guy. If only you already had a Paul Seawald. Anyways, um, I'm going to cheat too. I'm going to give you four. Okay. B-A-T-S. I don't care where they play. I don't. I don't. Because if you could play left field, I could teach you to play first base. Like I don't need you to be like, because look, you don't need a shortstop. You don't need a catcher. Well, a starting catcher. You don't need a center fielder. Those are the only positions I feel like I can't teach you to play. Third base a little bit too, but if you have Gino, you have Rojas, you're covered there. Yep. So I think the only position that I like need somebody who's like actually played it before and played it pretty well is second base. Yeah. I can teach you how to play left field. I can teach you how to play right field. I can teach you how to play first base. I can teach you how to DH. You need bats. You are two all-star quality bats short. Yeah. I mean, like you, do, you do need defense like in the corner off because we've seen, you know, I'll figure Teo, it out. I need bats. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, that's the most important thing. First and foremost, if you absolutely. can hit, I'll find a way to put you on the field. OK, uh, and the fact that first base is wide open right now or should be DH is wide open right now or should be in left field in T-Mobile Park, which isn't that difficult of a position to play. Yeah, I, I can make it work. So you need bats. Bats is, is the main priority. Um, does that mean you should ignore Starting pitching? No, you shouldn't. Right. Does that mean you should ignore the bullpen? No, you shouldn't. But the priority has to be bats. You either need two like 130 WRC plus types or you need like a 145, 150, and like a 110 guy. Right. Um, and you need and you need guys on your bench too. Like well, that's the thing, right? Is like and that plays to the whole DH thing. Is like if you're going to do this again where you want to rotate guys through the DH, you need to get enough good hitters to justify that, unlike this year. You right. can't go into next year where you're trying to sell us on rotating Cooper Hummel and Tommy LaStella and all that through through the DH. Mm-hmm. Can't oh, do that. We're going to let Sam Haggerty DH against righties because he's Unacceptable. so good. Or lefties because he's so good. Nope. Nope. Dylan Moore. Huh? No. And even, mm-hmm. even Mike Ford. Appreciate the contributions from Mike Ford. Nope. But Mike Ford has his obvious limitations. I, I would. Yeah. Uh, I would if like you're, if Mike options. Ford, you want Mike Ford to be in your everyday lineup, he's a DH. Go get a better dh than mike ford because clearly if you have mike ford you're willing to have a full-time dh because that's all mike ford is so go yep. get jorge soler go get um go get jd martinez go get you know Shohei or whatever like trade for jd davis right like go get a go get a legit dh who's had more than like 35 games of major league success so yeah yeah it's it's bats you need bats um I think perfect world, one of them plays second base, but if you can't get a second baseman and it's like, well, I want to, I want to trade for this 130 WRC plus guy, but you know, he only plays first base and, and DH and he can kind of fake it in left field, like, but he doesn't play second. So, so what, you know, th- there are scenarios where Rojas as your starting second baseman is fine, but it, it, that scenario is significant upgrades at first base DH left field slash right field and probably both and the bench. So, Go get bats and I agreed. Don't get, you know, 100 WRC plus, but they have a 120 WRC plus against left handed pitching. Go get everyday players, period. Yeah. Yep. 
everyday players, that's exactly what you need. You need to fill out at least three starting roles and possibly even more. And ideally, you push the guys that you're you're supplementing uh, down into bench roles. That's the ideal roster build for me this winter is moving guys like Josh Rojas into a position where he's coming off the bench. He's still playing a lot, but he's coming off the bench. Like he is mm-hmm. still a bench guy traditionally speaking. Yeah. All right. Last question of the afternoon. This one comes from Jonathan. Do the fans like Jared Kelnick more than this organization does? The way they basically refused to let him face left-handed pitching down the stretch and even went with other options to pinch hit ahead of JK. Coupled with his self-inflicted injury, is this team ready to move on? Um, look, we're you know, we say this all the time, but we're not inside the clubhouse, we're not inside the front office, so we don't know how the organization actually feels about Jared Kelnick. Uh, Colby, you and I talked about this on our Patreon show a little bit yesterday in terms of like, do we think that they're kind of over Jared? Do we think that they could trade Jared, et cetera? And you said that you think that they don't think he's an all-star caliber player anymore, or at least that's what you're kind of theorizing. Could you expand on that just a little, little bit more and just your thoughts overall on Kelnick and the organization? Sure. Um, when they acquired Jared Kalnick, the idea was is that he is going to be a, an all-star and he is going to be kind of like as good or or like the right-hand man of Julio. And, and those two guys were going to, you know, be on multiple all-star teams and they were going to hit three and four and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think they feel that way about Jared anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do think that only in, only a fool would look at, you know, what he did this year and say like, okay, I feel like Jared's at, not like I feel like Jared is a bust. Like he's not at least an everyday player. Uh, because Kelnick was a he was a two-win player in 105 games or something like that, 110 games. Like that's a three-win season over the course of a 162. That's an everyday player, and then some. Uh, and yeah, some of that is carried by his offense in April, but he's also a good base runner, he's a good defender. Um, you know, he, he doesn't chase a lot, like they're and he's 23 freaking years old. Uh, so I think yeah. that the Mariners probably, and again, I don't know, but the Mariners had opportunities to trade Kelnick last year. They didn't like it. They didn't like the, the offers they were getting, uh, teams were trying to kind of, um, obviously buy low, but like really low, like, Hey, do you want to give up on Jared Kelnick? And the Mariners said no. Uh, so I, I find it a little hard to believe, honestly, that Kelnick would have the year he had, uh, and the Mariners would just be like, oh, well, clearly, like, it's not going to happen. Like, they would use this year as a justification for him not, like, you know, being part of their future plans because they staked a lot on him being good this offseason, right? They made sure that he had a clear path to at-bats, which is not something you and I liked. Um, and there were struggles, certainly, but there was also really high, good highs and, and um, you know, there were glimpses even in the struggle of, of what was coming and there was definitely improvement. There absolutely yeah. was. So I, yeah. I, I would feel like it'd be kind of counterproductive to stick with Kelnick all this, all this time, see him have kind of this, this breakout season where he's an average major league everyday player and then be like, now we're out. Now we're out on him. I don't, I don't buy that. I don't. Right, so, right. Uh, and, and I feel like Jared just is, on the whole by a lot of people within the fan base and just kind of around the league is uh, inaccurately classified as having character issues. I don't think he has character issues. I think he's just an ultra competitive dude who's still really young. And in the case of, you know, the injury just made a really stupid decision in the moment and that's it. Yeah. It's, 
I know it's funny how many people will will jump to the defense of Julio Rodriguez because he's only 22, yeah. but not apply that same standard to Jared Kelnick because Jared Kelnick is 23. Right. Yeah. You see some unfairness here yep. and I get why you do it. Cause Julio's a lot better than Jared Kelnick. So you want to, you want to defend him and all that stuff. Fine. Right. But like, if you're going to use age as an excuse to, you know, defend uh, Julio for his abysmal last two weeks, then apply it fairly to, to Jared Kelnick. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Do I think the mayor, I think the mayors would trade him. Like, I don't think that he's like, no, we, we're building around Jared Kelnick. I don't think they feel that way anymore. Whereas two years ago, no. I think they did. Uh, yeah, but no, I if also, they get a deal that makes sense, like I, I think they absolutely pull the trigger on it. Yeah, well, but like, but let's be clear about this. It's not like they were like, "Oh, you want Jared Kelnick for Brian Reynolds?" No, we're not. Like, like Jared Kelnick's the breaking point. No, that didn't happen. Uh, but this off season, might they be more like, "Hey, you Jared Kelnick for?" I'm just making up a name, Anthony Santander. It's like maybe. I think they consider, I, I think Santander only has one year left though, but yeah, he does. Yeah. Whatever. You get the idea. It's like, Hey, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Jared Kelnick could be this guy in two years and you have him for four more seasons after this year. Uh, but, or would you rather have the guy you think Kelnick could be, but only for two years instead of four and you take less risk. Like, I, I think they can make a move like that, but no, I, I don't, I don't think right. they've given up on him. Uh, and I, are the fans higher on him than, than the team? Maybe. I mean, the fans are higher on pretty much everybody than the team. Yeah, so. I mean, well, it depends on what sect of Mariners sure. fandom you're looking at as well, because there's a lot of Mariners fans that hate Jared, and you know, uh, that was only you know pushed even further by the the injury and everything that happened with that as well, which oh, is yes, again, the, the in my opinion, incredibly crowd. stupid. Yeah, the toxic masculinity crowd, absolutely stupid. Um, yeah, the the whole like that side of it that whole reaction to the Jared injury still annoys me to this day. Um, again, I just think that he's an ultra competitive dude and he's just really young. And in that moment made a, made a mistake that I don't think he'll make again. Right. Um, and you want ultra competitive dudes on your team. If you want to go, you know, to the playoffs and have success in the playoffs and win a world series, you want guys that are competitive. You want competitors. So, um, yep. yeah, if they, they stick with Jared, I totally get it. 100% and I totally support that. 100 percent all right that's going to do it for us unless there's uh anything you want to add here colby before we get on out of here nope yes no i mean uh no i just come out of hiding john stanton we got questions and yeah. uh i think we're i think we deserve answers considering the uh the price yeah, stop, increases stop, stop sending jerry out there stop sending uh justin out there we want to hear man from up. you yep. we want to hear from you man we want to hear from you because you're the one you, man you, yeah, yep. you're the you're the one that controls this whole thing, yep. really. Come out so, of the shadows. Yeah, answer some questions. Go on some platforms that aren't seven ten religious lob softball. What's your favorite baseball food? Nobody cares about that stuff, John. Yep. You love to talk when nobody can answer questions. John, we John. I'll make this statement right now, John. We'd love to have you on the Lockdown Maris podcast. <laughs> have have you know. Email us or have someone e- yep. email us, which is more likely here. Email us at lockdownmariners at, at gmail.com. And no, we're not going to lobby softballs like certain other, uh, you know, yeah. platforms will. So, yep. but if you want to, if you want to be open mm-hmm. and, and honest, then we w- we would love to have you on the you show. You want to have a hard conversation. Yep. We'll do it here. Yep. Fine by us. All right. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. 
Colby Patnode. I'm Tidey Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, S-D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.